Well, hello, and welcome to The Insecurity Project. I'm your host, Jamin Fraser, and I am on a mission to end the unnecessary suffering caused by the fear of not being good enough. We've all got it. We've all got to work through it. But thankfully, there is a clear, intelligent, and complete solution to the insecurity problem, and that is what this project is all about. Hope you enjoyed today's program. Hello, friends. 10-minute Tuesday time. Today, I'm talking about mindfulness. Uh, Mindfulness and meditation are something that I have wanted to be good at for the longest time and have often felt so inadequate at insecure about uh, surely I must be missing something not getting it right I wish I could learn how to do this well I look at people who meditate well I hear people talk about meditation I think ah it's just not for me Uh, yet it keeps coming back into my uh, awareness and keeps being something that I'm reminded of as a useful strategy so again I've, I've explored the power and value of mindfulness and meditation and uh, again, agree that it is something worth persevering with. So I've come across Sam Harris a number of times. I think I was introduced to him by Tim Ferriss or Joe Rogan, one of those two characters who I follow their podcast, and, and they use him as their go-to guy in this space. So I've been following Sam for a little bit, watching his YouTube videos, and stumbled across one recently, which I'll, uh, I'll have the link to in the show notes which just was such a simple and profound definition of what mindfulness is and has helped me get back into the space and helped me uh, notice some real progress and great fruit from working out this simple practice. So with that in mind, I thought it could be useful to have a conversation about uh, mindfulness again. So uh, all that said, uh, if you can think about mindfulness in the context like so learning something new in the context of firstly less to more so it has to actually feel like you're getting a better deal i think about this with my kids when i'm learning this i'm like oh wow how do i teach my kids this but i can't teach my kids this unless they experiences they experience it as a less to more transaction which is going to generate intrinsic motivation if it's something that i tell them they need to do i want them to do it has very limited value for them very limited sustainability if they discover that this is an opportunity to get a better deal, great, well, I won't be able to stop them. So uh, the same is true for any, any change you're trying to sustain in life. It has to actually feel like you're going to win, uh, not something you should do, you must do. You're not forcing your way, you're not fighting yourself. This is not another thing you need to be disciplined about. It has to be less to more. Um, the experience will be, if it's going to stick, it's going to be one of finding increasing pleasure in this and moving away from pain. So if the experience of mindfulness is continued to link to pain, you will inevitably avoid it. And the experience of not being mindful or just avoiding that is linked to comfort, well, you'll increasingly gravitate toward that. So my experience, having come across Sam's stuff, is that because I found it works and I see the fruit of it is good, well, then that creates pleasure for me. So I just want to do more and more of it. So it becomes, again, a natural internal motivator to go after this. Um... You know, so the whole premise of the insecurity project is solving unnecessary, ending unnecessary suffering caused by unresolved insecurity. So we all suffer greatly if we don't find a way to resolve this. So I think mindfulness is a really essential part of the experience and so therefore a key part of, of stopping suffering. Um, 
you know, I'm a frameworks person, so I'm always looking for who's got the best frameworks. And I think you can solve any problem as long as you find the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. So, you know, I think there are plenty of people who've worked out how to use mindfulness and meditation to great effect. And I'm very grateful that Sam has gone to the effort of creating some cool frameworks and definitions and explanations so that the average man, like woman, child, like you and I can uh, make this work. Um, so the simple definition and what I've learned from Sam is that uh, it's, it's the ability to think about your thinking, gain distance from your own experience, your own emotional, intellectual, physical experience. Uh, we experience everything in a field of consciousness. So that is how we have our experience of life. We have senses, they give us experiences and uh, those experiences feel like our reality. Um, but in the presence, in the practice of mindfulness, you notice that all kinds of things pop in and out of your conscious awareness and not everything has to be acted on. So suffering happens when you lose all the ability to respond to the stimulus. Uh, so stuff happens and you're hopelessly um, unable to react in any other way than you've always reacted. So you feel stuck and powerless and it's out of your control and you're just going to do what you're going to do. So if you start being angry, you get consumed by that anger. If you start feeling insecure, you get, in, you get consumed by that. Anxiety takes over your whole experience. Jealousy, the fear of rejection, whatever it is, the moment it's triggered, well, it's going to run its full course and you have no power. You're going to suffer greatly. So with the practice of mindfulness, it's this ability to get some distance and just notice that you have a range of experiences that come and go and they all pop in and out of this field of consciousness. And if you can notice that and experience that and practice the art of noticing, practice the skill of observation, of being curious, of watching things come and go, then you quickly discover you don't have to respond to anything. A thought pops in and it can pop out just as quickly. An emotion arises and can fall. A suggestion comes and it can be ignored. So uh, there are three, three things which I think are really relevant and useful in today's 10-minute Tuesday about mindfulness. And this is, this is what I think um, makes mindfulness super exciting. So point number one is that fear is irrational, especially the fear of not being good enough. That is entirely irrational. You know, of course, we all kind of know that it has to be true that we are enough, yet the experience is, for most people, they don't believe that's true, they don't feel that's true, uh, that's not what they've come to know as their reality. And so this fear takes on a life of its own and consumes them and controls them and dictates what happens next. Uh, yet all insecurity is built on a work of fiction. It's created in a moment in time when some pain happens and that pain is interpreted in a personal way and a negative, disempowering, limiting belief is created. But it's irrational. It's not true. It's just a story. So fears exist and are strengthened when left unobserved. Simple idea. Fears are weakened and diminished by observing them, by noticing them, by looking at what is happening. Uh, so in every case, when I'm working with someone solving insecurity, a big part of the process is walking around that fear before they get ready to fight it, solve it, overcome it, it's just to observe it, it's to sit with it. 
is to notice the holes in it, to notice the inconsistency. It's to notice the stuff that doesn't even make sense. Just like when you hear someone else talk about an irrational fear. My son has an irrational fear about cactuses. Uh, you've heard me say that before. Often he'll wake up in the middle of the night afraid that there's a cactus in his, in his room. And not only is there a cactus in his room, but the cactus is going to get him. It's somehow going to walk across where, from wherever it is and attack him. Now, that is his experience. And that fear, when unexamined, just gets bigger. So my role as a father and Kat's role as mother is to turn the lights on and help him look at that and, and see that reality and see, no, no, if you turn on the lights on, there is no cactus and therefore no cactus is going to walk over and get you. It's irrational. So uh, the, the practice of um, mindfulness and meditation simply does that. It helps you notice how irrational fear is. And every moment spent noticing how irrational fear is is a moment spent diminishing that very fear. Uh, the second thing, it helps us break um, the tendency to identify with our thinking, our feeling, our emotions and our beliefs. So often I'll hear people say, you know, I'm just, I'm just really angry. I'm just feeling emotional today. Or, yeah, I'm just an, a negative kind of person. Or I'm a pessimistic kind of person. Or I'm an insular kind of person. Or I'm a person who just always imagines things are going to go badly. So this, this description of I am the way that I feel, I am the way that I think, this is me. The practice of mindfulness and meditation helps you distance yourself from those thoughts and go, oh, look at that, that's not me at all. That is a thought that's popped into the field of consciousness and I've acted on it. Uh, it's just a suggestion. And I haven't seen any other suggestions because that's the one I always go to. So the moment you get distance from these thoughts, you kind of realise, wow, uh, that's not me at all. I am not the way that I feel. I am not my thoughts. I am not my beliefs. I am separate from all of that, which is incredible because um, that leads to the third thing. The moment you realise you're separate from these things, you have the power to change them. If you are not them, then you are choosing them. So uh, Stephen Covey, the late great, talks about between stimulus and response is choice. And when you get that, your, your whole life changes. Mindfulness increases awareness. Mindfulness increases awareness, which increases choice. It gives you time. It helps you gain that split second of option that you never had before where something arises. You notice feeling sad. You notice feeling happy. You notice feeling tired. You notice feeling annoyed, frustrated, upset, rejected. And then you get to decide what happens next. You get to decide whether that's a thought, feeling, emotion that you would like to follow through with to run the strategy of, to hang on to, or whether it's one you would like to, to let pass, to go back to where it came from and wait for another one to arise, or in fact, choose a better one. So power and choice comes through the practice of mindfulness. So to me, this is something worth persevering with, worth breaking through to the realm of pleasure and joy and fruit so that it genuinely feels like a less to more transaction and genuinely ends unnecessary suffering caused by unaddressed insecurity in your life. I hope that's useful. I've been using the Streaks app as a way of experimenting with the motivation around mindfulness until it becomes really part of my everyday experience quite naturally. Uh, so there's all kinds of really cool uh, hacks and tips and things to track 
habits as you're trying to build them. That's one I've found particularly useful, so I'll include the link in uh, for that as well. Uh, all right, I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. I hope you found the content and conversations useful. And remember, you are not just the actor in the story, you are the storyteller. You have the ability to turn this all around. For more information about overcoming insecurity, check out theinsecurityproject.com.